morning, good afternoon. Buenos días y buenas tardes. This is the Breakfast with Betty podcast. Your source for entertainment, inspiration, and of course, chisme. I'm Betty Williams, your host, also known as Betty Pastelitos. I am a self-proclaimed radio bimba who loves to share wisdom, have fun, talk to other people. I love to know what's all the hottest chisme going around. So consider this podcast as your little escape from la misma cosa every day. Kind of like the little cafecito that you take every afternoon to give yourself that little kick that you need to finish the day. I'll be here for you whenever you need me. All right, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to episode four of the Breakfast with Betty podcast. If you are new here, Hello, nice to meet you. I'm Betty. And if you are back, thank you. Thank you so much for hearing something else that sparked your interest and curiosity and made you want to keep listening to my show. Because I'm only four episodes in, but I know that I want to keep sharing things that are on my mind. And I want to keep sharing things to hopefully inspire you entertain you, and provide you with some good old-fashioned chisme. So today on episode four, I want to talk about four events, and I didn't even plan it that way, but it just worked out. I want to talk about four events that shaped us as millennials. In my last episode, in episode three, I described what a Latina millennial mommy was, and I talked about how Different generations go through different traumas together. I think a lot about how my mom is always talking about when President Kennedy was assassinated. She still remembers where she was, what happened, what happened that day, how she found out about it, what the TV was talking about. And we have our own versions of that as millennials. Our kids are going to have versions of that. Our grandparents had versions of that. So it got me to thinking, you know, like, which ones are our big, big events, right? Because there's a lot of, like, pop culture ones, right, in between. There's a lot, a lot, right? Like, that can be its own show in itself. Um, If you feel inspired to start that show, the millennial pop culture highlight um, show, let me know. Um, you know, we could talk about Monica Lewinsky. We could talk about the rise and fall of the Spice Girls. We can talk about when the Furbies were eating everybody's hair. I don't know if you guys, but on this episode, I want to talk about like the big ones, right? Like the ones that we always remember. And the first three I'm going to talk about are global. Um, you know, anybody can relate to it. And the last one is a very Miami-specific one. So stick around for that one. And if you're not raised in Miami, um, it might be new to you. So I hope you learn something from it. Right now in 2022, we're all well into adulthood. So like the level of trauma or confusion or pain that some of these events might have left on us depend on how we perceive those events, 
depend on how our parents introduced us to those events, like what was going on for us at the time. How these events impacted us is going to vary from person to person. But one thing I am pretty positive is that some way or another, our lives were influenced. And while you listen to the episode, if there's anything you want to share, if you have any like deep memories of these things, some of them were a little further away than others, um, make sure to reach out to me on my social at Betty Pastelitos. Look for the post that's going to be about this episode and tell me, tell me about um, your experience during these times. All right, so let's go in timeline order. So the big, big, big one that I think is the one that we all always talk about is what happened on September 11th, 2001. I was in sixth grade when September 11th happened. I was working as an assistant for two professors at the Harvard Business School. On 9-11, I was in fifth grade in Wisconsin. During 9-11, I was um, a sophomore in high school at South Miami Senior High. And saying that she had heard on the radio on the drive-in that there was some event uh, with planes crashing into the buildings in New York. When things started happening in New York, um, we heard about it pretty early. Um, And of course, nobody really knew at that point what was going on. I didn't know what the World Trade Center was or what a terrorist was, but it didn't sound good. Because we didn't know how extensive the attacks were. Second plane had not hit yet when we were watching, um, and then it hit. Shortly after, um, everything went crazy. Definitely use the word attack often and the word terrorist. And I have two vivid memories. One, uh, fighter jets flying over the campus and the city of Boston. I will never forget. You can interpret it however you want. There's a lot of people that say a lot of different things about it. But the fact of the matter is that we all watch these events unfold in front of us and it took us a long time to figure out why this was happening what was happening and what was going to happen as a cause of this i remember that i was in my sixth grade class and the teacher next door came running in to tell our teacher to put it on the tv so we could see it and yo era super despista. In sixth grade, I was a bad kid, okay? So I was probably not paying attention to begin with what, what was going on in class. I remember the teacher whispering to the other teacher and then our teacher turning on the TV. And it took me forever to realize that what I was watching was real life. That it was like live coverage. My like susto and my like, oh wait, what? came later like like an hour later where it was like wait that that was like I thought my teacher had turned on a movie I shit you not and I think about her a lot like I think about that teacher who happens to be one of my friend's aunts I think about her a lot and like what in the world was going through her mind having this classroom full of children and watching that real life situation and I think about 99% 99% of the world that was watching this 
knowing that this was happening and like what was that feeling because i'm telling you like my initial reaction was we were watching a movie um I, i like i had no idea that that's what was really happening and then once it started to flood in and like we had to change class and then like chaos and parents started like flocking to the schools that's when I started to be like wait what <laughs> like that's how the pital I was um and you know what like now that I'm here on my podcast my space and I'm being real like a part of me feels like and I don't know if this sounds selfish or what this sounds but like it was like I had that experience robbed from me like that experience of like that shock of watching what was happening watching that second plane fly into the building like I had that kind of like, like I didn't have that experience of like, what in the world? Because like of how late it came to me that I was just like, wait, that thing that Miss Medina turned on was real. It's crazy. So on this episode, what I want to talk about is like how these things shaped us, right? The title of the episode is about how these events shaped us. So again, like a lot of people can interpret it however you want. But the truth is that everything changed from that point on. The biggest one that we all know being airport security. Like how many times do we not watch shows and movies that happened before that? And we see like how like uh, the airport experience was different, right? Like even Home Alone, like how was nobody checking his ticket? How are they just flying through the airport? Like all these things that happened before that, that... That doesn't happen now. I remember when I was seven and my sister went to study abroad in France. and I was like seven or eight or nine, like around those ages. She went to study abroad in France. And I remember being at the gate with her until she got onto the airplane. And you know, that's not a thing that you do now. You only do that now if you're doing the asafada thing of like, um, what is it called? Like when minors travel or whatever with the stewardess. Um, so unless like you're taking a child who's going to travel, which I had to do a few months ago. And like you're going to give the kid to the azafata, to the stewardess. Um, you can't go to the gates. Um, and then of course the whole taking off our shoes, the whole security, like all of that changed. Right. And like that was, that's kind of big and that's kind of huge. And like we saw that moment when we were kids, like we saw that happen. Um, something else, of course, that happened was, in my opinion, knowledge of war. Like, this was our first, like, big war. A lot of us were born when there was wars happening and whatnot. But this was, like, I think our first time, like, in our adolescence or, you know, being teenagers or very young adults, like having knowledge of and seeing our country getting ready and like going off to fight and it was like then so many of our friends when we're graduating high school and whatnot are joining the armed forces and we're seeing them leave to go fight off to go fight in this war that started around that time that this really big thing happened for us so I think that was crazy because you know like they have all these American dolls and all these things and like you read these stories and there's all these like historical nonfiction books or historical fiction sorry all these historical fiction books about like kids in the time and then their neighbor went to World War One, but then like 
That was happening for us after 9-11, I feel. So I think that was another big thing that like we kind of went through as very young adults. And of course, like a very negative impact that happened to us as young adults is the way we perceived a whole entire group of people. Because of course, when things like this happen and we don't understand it and we are being fed um, information that we don't really know how to sort, we might be starting to view a whole group of people in a certain way and starting to blame people who had nothing to do with anything, nada que ver con nada. And now we might start feeling unsafe or very different around some people that we might have like never like dalemente before. I know that one of my very good friends, her partner is Muslim, and she tells me how his mom and aunts started dressing differently after 9-11. They're from the tri-state area. And their family had to start dressing differently. And think about it, like, ¿Qué coño iba a saber la mamá de él? Like, what was going to happen, you know? But, like, people want to start um, in, instilling, like, these racist fears in kids. And you just start learning these things that aren't true. So that was another big thing that I think we saw happen and that was part of our upbringing i hope that now you know by now that we're all adults we have learned to not group people into categories that place them as like oh those bad people that did that thing no those bad people that did that thing were in an airplane and those bad people have been found and captured by american soldiers so, no, if you see somebody that might look like these people, they have nothing to do with it. And I hope that we're all adults now and we understand that. But unfortunately, sometimes I don't get that from all adults. So, everybody has that flashbulb memory of what happened on September 11, 2001. And it's crazy because something else is... Now my daughter is learning about it in school and she does the whole like coming home and asking me like, do you remember when this happened? And I have a kid who is these kids that like love to learn about like crazy tra tragedies. Like, you know, when kids like become obsessed with like the Titanic, my daughter loves learning about September 11th. Like she just wants to know everything. So even with her, I'm learning more and I'm reading books and they have like the I survived, which is the um, it's a historical fiction. And I read that with her and I learned a lot of things. Um, so it's it's crazy that the way that my mom would talk to me about when Kennedy died. And I'm just like, you know, like I can't I can't picture that I can hear it from her, but I can't picture what it felt like to know that your president was murdered. Um, you know, my daughter is hearing these stories of how our country got attacked in the middle of the day while we were all in school, you know, and she's never going to have that specific, I pray to the Lord, knock on wood. She's never going to have that experience. And it's, it's huge for me to have to fill those shoes to teach her about it. So moving on to the next one, um, the recession in 2008, I think this was a huge event 
that shaped us and that we still talk about today. And I'm no economist. And now in my late 20s is when I'm really learning about the U.S. economy and how finances work that way. So if there's anyone out there listening who um, can give good insight on recessions and how it is, I would love to have you as a guest on the show. Let's talk about it. Um, But I think that the recession impacted us in many ways because this was a time when most of us were either starting college. That was for me. I was starting college. But depending on like what type of millennial, if you're an earlier, a later millennial, um, a lot of us were either starting college or entering the workforce. And that is huge to be entering the workforce when the economy is taking such a downturn. And I don't think we talk about it as often as we should. Um, But imagine like now we're like getting into like our first like big adult part of life, right? Like we're leaving the comfort of high school and whether we're starting work or we're going to college or we just finished college and we're starting our careers. We're starting in this like weird time when we're learning about and we're being exposed to like the financial system in just like this different stark way and I think that that that, that's crazy that's like that embeds like these weird traumas in our heads that we don't even talk about as much and now in 2022 when there's all this buzz about like this impending recession that's about to happen I think us who had to who were starting to get control of our own money and we're starting to like take on more of those responsibilities we're treading these waters like so much more different and so much more careful because it's like either we had to deal with things on our own or we saw our parents suffering and losing jobs and having to deal with things on their own so I feel like any time that our country or the economy is going to go into like these different loops whether it's like insane inflation like we're seeing right now or any type of crazy patterns with the housing markets like our mind is going to go to that time when we were very young adults learning how to adult (laughs) and having to be hit with this weird reality that the way that the U.S. economy works is going to impact us as well. So I think that that was like our first crazy lesson on economy and money and budgeting and planning was then and there. My biggest like memories of this, of like the recession happening was like I was starting college and luckily for me, um, I had a scholarship which paid for my full tuition, my full housing, my meal plan, my everything. So I really didn't need money. I had no money like I had nothing of money um the only money that I had then was the money that the scholarship was giving me so it wasn't like I had to suffer in a sense because like um I just I had that huge security blanket of college and I wasn't really worrying about it because it was like the scholarship sent all the money to my university my university paid for everything and gave me the rest um so I had like everything like set and I got like this extra little like dinerito that I would basically use to like come back home but I do remember um like it being a a very big deal with my parents I do remember some of my friends parents who lost jobs and lost work and then I had 
friends who instead of going to college had to go work and they could they had to like stop going to school so that they could go work and they never went back to school and they've kind of like climbed the ladder where they are um they're doing great now but it's it's crazy because they kind of didn't have a choice you know like they had to stop going to school because of that I think that it has impacted us in more ways than none if you have any memories or if you have any um, anecdotes about how the recession in 2008 impacted you and you feel vulnerable enough and comfortable enough sharing please do so the last one that I want to talk to about um, well second to last because I do have three like I said that are global and one that is Miami specific but the other one that I want to talk about how can we not forget what happened in March 2020 Um, this is the one that's closest to us in timeline wise so yeah the pandemic this I think is gonna stick with us till the day we die we millennials when we are in our millennial people nursing homes we're just gonna talk about it so much I think it's just like a thing and like you know how they have like before Christ and like AD when they talk about years like how many times do we not talk about like ah eso fue ante la pandemia or like oh yeah because before the pandemic now we have like BP and AP like before pandemic after pandemic timeline I could say right now like we're towards the end, middle to end of 2022. We're about to enter quarter four of 2022. Um, I could say that like things feel very normal. You know, like my daughter, school and all of that. Like the COVID quarantine rules have changed so much. I think now the rules, I, to be honest, I haven't even been paying attention. But I think now the rules are like you don't even need to quarantine. Fact of the matter is like, I'm not here to talk about like what it is, what it isn't, what's a virus, what's not a virus. What I want to talk about is how in March 2020, we all got locked in our houses and like, oh, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Nobody was fucking ready for that. When I look back on pictures of that timeline, I'm just like, what was happening? And I remember it being like two, three weeks in and like having a panic attack and like, I want to know, like, did anybody else have that, like, insane anxiety? I just remember having, like, this deep, 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 like, having to talk to my sister, who's my life coach, my everything, and just, like, freaking out and talking to her about, like, when is this going to end? And that was only three weeks. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, three weeks? That was nothing. But three weeks of being home, not knowing if my kid is going back to school, not knowing if anything, like, la tienda cerrada, like, that put me in such a bad place. 2022 me wishes she could tell like April 2020 me like relax like it'll be fine soon but it did not feel that way then like how crazy was it the first time I went to Trader Joe's and the line like wrapped around the building it was you could hear a pin drop and we were like outside on US1 we had to be like six feet away from each other like that felt insane and like Again, just like the other events, like everybody is going to interpret it their own way. Everybody has their own beliefs about it. Everybody has their own thing to say about it. But the reality is like what was happening and what we were going through. We were having to wait outside of supermarkets because we couldn't go in. We were 
not allowed to go to stores for like two weeks. We were locked in our houses. Our kids had no idea what the hell was happening. And neither did we because like we couldn't even tell them or explain to them. We had no idea if our kids were going to go back to school. We had no idea if our jobs were going to open back up. We had no idea if we were going to go back to work. People lost their jobs like people in restaurants and like the service industry like they had no idea what the hell was happening and like that is gonna stay with us forever like cada vez que alguien tose estornude around us whatever like we're gonna be like don't you dare every time they talk about a new virus in a different part of the world like our little antennas are gonna stick straight up and be like i don't want to hear about it so it's definitely like a crazy thing that we went through I think like September 11th and like the beginning of the pandemic they're like very like tangible you know the recession like something like that I feel like it creeps up on you you know like September 11th obviously like it's a specific date March 2020 like we remember the superintendent going on saying like schools are going to be closed next week those are like specific memories that we had that we had no way of preparing for if you have any fun or funny pandemic stories please share them with me or if you have any thoughts or if you want to tell me how you felt about it like please share that with me like what you were going through like march april of 2020 what you thought about it like let's talk about it because that was huge for us and okay the last one is very miami specific I wonder how many people figured this out before I talked about it, but I think this is like a huge event that shaped millennials. And that one is Elian Gonzalez. <laughs> I remember talking to my friend, my best friend who lives in Wisconsin about this. And I was like, oh yeah, Elian Gonzalez. And she was like, who? But I mean, like, let's not go all the way to Wisconsin one of my other best friends, her fiance is Costa Rican and he didn't know who Elian Gonzalez was. So Elian Gonzalez is very Miami specific, but is it like Cuban Miami specific? Do you know anybody who's not Cuban and lived in Miami but didn't really know who he was? Because that to me was like a household name and staple. At that time, how are you a kid in Miami without knowing about like a Nino Ese? So the story, for those of you who don't know, as factual as I can give it to you, was Elian Gonzalez was this young boy who was found on a raft near the shores of Miami on Thanksgiving. His mom tried to immigrate here from Cuba on a raft, which is very common for Cubans um, coming to Florida. This happens all the time. It's insane how many people have died on that trip. And yes, a lot of people do make it here, but a lot of people don't make it. And one of that, one of or some of those people were the people who this little boy was on a raft with. So he was found by himself. A custody battle started because his father was back in Cuba and his mom was bringing him and supposedly the dad like wasn't in agreement with the mom bringing him to Cuba and then he had an uncle here that he like lived with and then he had a little bit of custody and then it just became like a whole thing because you know like back then there was like the wet foot dry foot rule whatever there was like all these things going on and then of course there's like immigration law like the whole territory thing right like because this kid was found 
on um like american territory but his father's in cuba but his mother died so it was like literally like a custody battle between like cubans and people from miami like no 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 he's ours he's ours he's ours but then like his father is like in cuba like that's literally my son given back to me he went to lincoln Martí. And I remember this. And it's funny because the other day I was looking at the Lincoln Martí website for something. And I kid you not, all of you can go right now to the Lincoln Martí, which is like a school, like a little escuelita. They have a hope like, okay, on the top, it's like menu, classes, staff, a school calendar, Elian Gonzalez. Like they literally have a tab for Elian Gonzalez and you click on it. And it's pictures of him, like, in the little uniform, in the cafeteria, on his little desk. The pictures of, you know, when he got sent back to Cuba and everybody, like, holding posters for him. They have his desk that he sat on with a plaque. Like, en este escritorio, or pupitre, whatever they put. Se sentó Elian Gonzalez from this day to this day, whatever. Like, they have this little kid's whole photo album of when he went to that school still up on that website. And this happened, what, like, I didn't do my research, but, like, 1998? Like, this was a long time ago. But I just remember, like, being a kid and being like, el niño es el parecido. And then, like, our parents were telling us that, like, the dolphin saved him. And, like, a dolphin was with him. And, like, it was all these things. And then we all know, well, the ones, like, people who know Elian Gonzalez, we all know that iconic picture of him that one you know what picture i'm talking about because as soon as i said elian gonzalez like that picture is the one that popped in your head don't lie you know that it was that picture and that picture is he was in his uncle's house and ice stormed like literally stormed his uncle's house and there's a picture of him clutching onto his uncle like i'm literally looking at the picture right now like not literally on my computer but like literally in my brain and it's him clutching his uncle in the closet and all the ice like what do you call them officers pointing guns at him and his uncle and they're like literally like taking him like imagine just being asleep and like all these policias come and they're like pointing guns at you and they take you back and then there was like the whole like janet reno thing she was like mixed up in it too it was crazy. He just, like, became a household name. And then, like, you would just think about it. Because, like, we were kids. We were, like, literally his age. And, like, you are just thinking about it, like, seeing this little kid your age with, like, guns pointing at him on the newspaper. It's like you forget about him, like, right? Because, like, you don't talk about him every day of your life. But then somebody brings him up and you're like, oh, my God, Elian Gonzalez. And, like, you always see him as, like, the little seven-year-old boy and a fodigo but the other day like a news article or whatever i don't know enrique santos or something put a picture of elian gonzalez and he's a man like obviously he aged like the rest of us and he has a kid and una esposa and he went back to cuba which then like also became like this whole thing because it's like uh, he chose to go back a fidelista whatever he's comunista like whatever he like Mefi de Castro, there's like pictures with him, and of course, this is another thing. Like, anybody, like, you can interpret it the way you want, like, what his role was, or was it true, was it not true, whatever, da, 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 whatever. But all I know is that, like, 
as a kid, we were exposed to this kid and we just learned so much about him. So yeah, if you know Elian Gonzalez or if you're related to him or his uncle, please, I'm begging you, please tell me because I need to know these things. And just like tell me what you thought about it and tell me like how you felt and tell me what your parents told you about Elian Gonzalez. And if you just learned about him right now, Google him because you need to be up to date with all that Miami chief me. All right, guys. So those were four events that I wanted to talk about that I feel like shaped us one way or another. These are things that as millennials, I think we're going to take with us forever. These are the events that are are, are always going to be there for us. I feel like when we get super old and we all start getting Alzheimer's and dementia, knock on wood, it's not going to happen until a very long time. But I feel like when it starts happening, we're still always going to be like, Alan Gonzalez, I remember him. <laughs> all right, so head over to my Instagram, Betty Pastelitos. I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe if you're listening to this like two years from now, I'm going to have a breakfast with Betty Instagram. So just like find a way to tell me about how any of these events shaped you, what you thought about any of these events. If you have anything special to say about it, please, I want to hear about it. And yeah, I'll catch you on the next one. Love you guys. Bueno, mi gente, eso todo for today. If anything on today's episode entertained you or inspired you or had your inner chief mosa jumping for joy, make sure you rate and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. Also, share this episode with one of your favorite chief mosas. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Until next time, dale, bye.